Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hot mic. I wish the mics were hot during the break. Glad you're with us across hey, the Outkick Network. Speaking of hot, Hunter Dickinson of Michigan has oh. entered the transfer portal. To which Brook, our stu- I, I think I finally got Brooks' title right. I just call everybody a producer. Boss. Boss. She's the studio lead. Brooke, give me a thumbs up around the side if that's right. Studio that's lead. That's it. Our studio lead, studio Brooke, boss, said something like, "Thank God," when I said he's entered the transfer portal. And then I um, told her that he's probably going to Wisconsin. And I don't know if she was excited about that or upset. Is, she Edie, is, a bad is Edie in the portal? Edie is not in the portal. <laughs> no, uh, look, I love Dan. Um, Dan does this funny Dockage. thing, right? So Dockage got had this <laughs> uh, week. So you know what I found out about Hunter Dickinson? Because Dan does the same joke he always does, which is, is pretty funny if you know it's a joke, where he says, can confirm Hunter Dickinson right. in the portal. And, and that, so he put that, and, and then right. I, I saw he was he was basically retweeting a report. You know, I can confirm through my sources this, but he got had by a fake account this week. Oh, it was a fake account. Oh yeah, it was a Jeff Borzello account that wasn't oh, real. Yes, that but he uh, verified or not, I don't have a clue anymore with Twitter. Yeah, he is. Uh, we've been talking to Dylan, who works on on Don't At Me. He has been getting just. Torched. I can't wait to talk. I mean, to it. by every corner <laughs> of college basketball, media and fan bases are just flamethrowers. This is hot mic right now. There's flames all around us. It's a lot hotter on Don't At Me this week because Dan is getting torched. It looks like hell behind us. He's literally in hell when it comes to fire being thrown from the college basketball media. Love Dan, but um, he got had. It's happened to some of the best of them out there sure. at times on social media. And, and by the way, believing an account you think is real that's this not. This is the time of year where that happens. Number one, NFL free agency or draft, a lot of fake accounts. And they do a great job of mimicking the exact Schefter, for, for instance. Yeah. Or Rappaport. And I would also say, just a reminder to everyone, tomorrow is April Fool's. We, we, had a, oh. we, we have a pack. We still have it, but we won't be on tomorrow. Right. Uh, so we have to put the week, this out there. We, are, we promise moving forward there will be no pranks on April Fool's breaking quote-unquote news to our audience whatsoever. Um, we may do that to each other. Who knows? But not to our audience at all. Um, you know, the, the, what bugs me are the, uh, this, the, your local radio show that will hit the breaking news sounder on April Fool's, right, on April 1st. It's and the play worst. this up. It's awful. What was um, remember the old the the? It's not that old now, but the catfish TV show on MTV was it Nev? Yeah. Was that the guy's name who Nev. did that? Nev would do all the investigations right into it. What's he so doing now? I I think like so I'm trying to get. Why do I the, think that Nev has been catfished between now and then? I think that he got into this because he was catfished. That was like the original thing. No, but again, he was catfished by someone, so he started the show. It's probably saying, happening again, too. I, yes. Well, let me get to where I'm going here. I, I promise there's a point in tying into what we're, we're talking about now. Is it the same psych, psychological issue that causes someone to catfish people 
to form a fake account to try to fool people with news that's believable. But on a different level, I think, yeah. But you're just putting out news that would be somewhat shocking but believable. Yeah, but, oh, so what is the point? It's not parody. It's not, there's a, there's it's a not, parody. The there's it's a not comedy. So no. what is the thrill you get of doing that? Because you are... I mean, it, the thrill of the breaking news throughout the NFL is to get people like us to retweet it and talk about it, right? The thrill of doing it to one person and catfishing them, those, you're trying to get off. There's a huge difference between the two. No, I understand. That I, I can... I can more understand the catfish mentality, especially if you're like seeking photos from someone or something, right? <laughs> of what you're trying to do. I don't, I don't trust people that I don't understand their motives. And I feel like I'm pretty I good agree. at meeting people and learning about them. And I can at least understand what they want. And then once I zeroed in on that, I can trust me and trust the situation because I know what they want. I don't know what the guy doing a fake-out Jeff Borzello college basketball writer account, what is the motivation? Is it the thrill of Dan Dockich being fooled? It's like, hey, But what, what is the thrill of that if you're that person? Hey, watch this. Oh, I mean, Is he, it someone that he hates Dockich? Da he has Dan responding to him in every other tweet for 24 hours. But psychologically, is it the same type thing as catfishing someone? Or is it just, I really want to I make a fool of one person? I think it's least. more about like, hey, guys, watch this. I guess. And you, you put the lure in the water. I, I think there are similar It just traits, seems like a lot of... Like, similar traits, but like I think it is a different... It's like a surface level versus next level between the two. If you're a parody account, like if you're parodying Marcus one of Tuiasa these writers... Marcus uh, Sure. Way different than whoever was behind separate, this account. Separate of the Manti Teo yeah. doc, right? And that whole situation. Is it a... Chad, do you want to try this? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Like if I, so, you're making sure it doesn't connect. Well, like there's a parody account of me. There was a, you know, <laughs> like out there. I don't know if it's still active, but it was. But like, if you're gonna make fun of someone through parody, yeah. and do an account that's like kind of in their voice but exaggerated version, I understand the comedy behind that. But when you're just going to put news that could happen out to try to fake out someone, I don't get it. I don't understand the thrill of it. I, I mean, I don't need. I wouldn't do it, there's but a, I, I caution everyone. It a, happens. There's it a kink for everyone. I guess every huh? single day. That's for sure. And this guy who has got the fake Jeff Borzello account said, "I just want to fake people out." The reports are, Chad, that Lamar Jackson is not faking when he wants a certain contract to impact the future of players, specifically quarterbacks that get tagged. And this goes to my overriding point, and has been a a, a recurring theme over the last what three or four months with me. Jackson is trying to do something to benefit the future QBs. It starts there, but for the future of the league and the players, the NFLPA, it starts with the quarterbacks. And Richard Sherman pointed to this earlier this week on his podcast with, in respect to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, who took big money, massive money. I would sign it too. But the headline was 10 years, 500 million. 10 years, half a billion. Sounds better, right? But it's not half a billion because there are outs along the way in case you don't want to pay Patrick Mahomes in full. Fair. That's the way the league is set up. Lamar Jackson is saying, hey, Deshaun Watson is getting paid this. And he did this. And he can point to both. And the entire league is saying, no. So for those that want to say... Lamar Jackson needs to shut up on Twitter because he's not going to get what he wants. 
I would point to the civil cases that were settled out of court by the quarterback that is allowed to play after 12 weeks and got a fully guaranteed five-year, $250 million contract. They'll sign anybody for the sake of winning. And Lamar Jackson wins. He is saying he's going to hold this out. He's doing this on behalf of, and he's saying this through a source, um, who's telling Jeremy Fowler, hey, I'm principled in what I'm doing. There is a method to my asking price, and here's why. And all the while, he's doing this while Justin Herbert is negotiating with the Chargers, and Joe Burrow and his agent have agreed with the Cincinnati Bengals that they're going silent, that they are hitting the mute button. They have promised, each side has promised the other, we are not going to talk about this, period, as negotiations continue. And Jackson wants to take it public because he has to, because the owners aren't doing that. I respect this. This is what the players need. And my hope would be that the other quarterbacks follow suit. That's what it's missing. We're discussing all the money that Cohen is paying with the Mets. And the structure is different with the cap. You know what's different with the NFL as well compared to Major League Baseball? There's a company willing to pay a billion dollars a season for one game a week over 17 games. Major League Baseball is not getting that for one game a week over that same duration. That's my overriding point. And Lamar Jackson's trying to, he's going to get paid. Either way, he's going to get paid. But if you back him, if you're the other quarterbacks, if you're Mahomes or Allen now, which is Richard Sherman's point, if you're Burrow or Herbert now, follow suit like the former MVP because those guys haven't been MVP yet. They can be. We love Burrow. We ranked him number one in the league. He deserves to be paid like it because Watson's not that guy on or off the field. And that's what Lamar Jackson's point is. I understand the point. I like that he's taking a principled stance on this. A couple things. One is that the NFL Players Association is, is, is weak in the long run because players are going to do what they want to do individually. And they're not strong because they're not really together. Look, I'm for a player doing what's in their best interest, right? If you want to sign the long-term deal that looks better on paper, that's not as much guaranteed money, or you want to give a team a hometown discount just because you and your family are there and you want to finish out your career, that fine. Do, do whatever you want. But when you do that, that offsets the balance of what's to come for the next guy in your position, yes. at your position. And that's what Mahomes and Allen, I think, did in part to Lamar Jackson. The Deshaun Watson thing is, is I believe, almost impossible to compare to until we have something else to compare it to because it's Jimmy Haslam going rogue right now is what it looks like because no one else is willing to do that. I hope Lamar Jackson gets everything he wants in this deal and that it all works out for him. But I remember Tom Glavin back in the day that he was the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association Six during, during the, uh, the strike yep. or the, the stoppage in 1994 where we didn't see a World Series that year. He later signed with the New York Mets because they made the bigger offer. And I remember him saying something along the lines of, I would have preferred to sign for a little bit less and stay in Atlanta, but I knew on principle after fighting for what we fought for and me being the rep and the MLB president, Players Association president, the union, I couldn't do that. I had to sign for what was top dollar, wherever that was. I don't... 
I'm not saying everyone should do that. Do what's best for you. But when you don't have people making decisions like that, you're going to lead to this where everything, there's an imbalance from one guy to the next. And that's what we're seeing play out with Lamar Jackson. And right now it's the quarterbacks that can do this. They run the league. Why don't you like spring leagues? I say it's because of the quarterback play and the familiarity you have with those guys. If Johnny Football is playing, people would watch. The quarterback play. And, and I think that's the issue with the league. Everything they're, they're, The rules are set up to protect the high-money guys. The high-money guys have a chance right now to set a precedent moving forward. And Burrow and all these guys, Jackson, they're going to get paid. It's a, it's a matter of how much. And, oh, by the way, if I get hurt in year two, is my injury designation guaranteed for year three? Sean Watson's is. And the other guys aren't. They have a chance to do that now because of the contracts that are available. I'm intrigued. Sounds like Burrow and Herbert are going to get theirs and more power to them. Don't blame them whatsoever. They've earned it. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson is looking at this and going, man, given the circumstances, my wins, my value to this offense, what I've done, in, on, not just as an uh, individual with the trophies on the mantle, MVP, unanimous, but how my teammates feel about me. Everyone's backing him except for, in this case, it seems like, Herbert and Burrow, who have a chance to also join that camaraderie with the NFLPA. I wish it was more like that because we're seeing NFL owners vote through a second Thursday night football game for teams. They'll be voting on that in May, but they've approved that opportunity just this past week. And they're also saying, hey, by the way, uh, I don't believe in fully guaranteed money. They shouldn't because they worked hard to get it just like Tom Glavin did and the, the Major League Baseball Players Association did. It's just reverse order here. I wonder if Deshaun Watson wins a Super Bowl for the Browns in short order, if their thinking will change. Because right now they could very easily point to if this does not work out, boy, that was a failed experiment. That'll never happen again. Guaranteed money for a quarterback. Look what the Browns did. Look at those idiots. They brought in Deshaun Watson, all these issues. He came in. He was off for I, a long time. He sucked when he came back. They didn't win anything. You know that every owner has their fingers crossed that this just blows up in the face of Jimmy Haslam and they well, don't win to any big extent. So they can easily point to that. And then the next Lamar Jackson that comes along, they say, not doing that because your buddy Deshaun was terrible. Unless you like to go to massage parlors. Right. And, and, then, and then in that case, oh, you can do what? And we can have what? We can have a winning quarterback? We're signing you. Jackson's that But not for guaranteed money. And we're also going to see teams move up to number three and trade with Arizona to get ahead of Indy to draft a quarterback. And they're going to give up more than what it would take right now to get Lamar Jackson under contract for more than what the Indy Ravens would Indy needs to do this. I mean, you've got reports out now where you know the, the Ravens are willing to listen and they, they're mentioning the Colts. This is Indy's... The Colts have mentioned them. Yeah, to me, it's, it's Indy's... The, the, the ball is on their field right now with Lamar Jackson, if they want to make this happen. Who do the Colts want in the draft? And who are teams going to chase to get ahead of Indy at pick three with Arizona? Because it feels like it's a Richardson-slash-Levis debate at number three before the Colts pick. 
We'll talk with Mike Renner coming yeah. up. He is the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. That's next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Music City, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Mike Renner is back with us from Pro Football Focus. He's the lead draft analyst. Had him on uh, during the combine. And, Mike, I'm wondering, um, Anthony Richardson hit the top of the indoor practice facility. Did that change his overall grade for how you project him for the NFL versus college? Well, Will Levis did too, actually. Oh, so wow. I think wow. neither wow. one gets to move after that. So uh, there's a tie. Everyone's moving up draft boards after their pro day, apparently. Now, I, I really, I don't want to say I don't care about pro days at all because th- there is some information to be gleaned. But if you're really changing or eval on a guy after a pro day, especially at quarterback, you're just doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong, truthfully. It's more like the interview process that you go through at the pro day uh, and just kind of ticking those boxes. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I mean, I like the highlight. I mean, it's cool, but it's not like worthy of being like this guy. He's now up the draft boards because the question would be, okay, when does that throw win you a game? Can he complete a... I can throw 100 miles per hour. I can't. But if I did, I need also to be able to throw strikes. Can Richardson throw strikes? Where, where do you have him versus the other three quarterbacks projected to go in the first round? I think he's the third quarterback off the board. I think at this point in time, C.J. Stroud's going to be the number one overall pick. I'd be floored if he isn't. Obviously, with what Josh McCown said to him at his pro day, uh, I think he'd be floored if he isn't either. Uh, Bryce Young, I think it's going to be the Texans pick then. And then at that point, it's going to be, does someone want to jump the Colts or are the Colts going to be the next person to take a quarterback? And I think either way, the quarterback that you'd fall in love with to jump the Colts that the Colts fall in love with because they're such a trace-based scouting organization is Anthony Richardson because he does bring high end. And to me, the most impressive thing about his pro day wasn't the one that hit the ceiling. It's him doing the backflips, yeah. and obviously we've seen that from him before, but that's what's unique about him. The arm strength, a lot of guys have arm strength around the NFL. It's not a special trait. What he can do as a runner is special, and if you are a team 
that's willing to buy into that and really use that as a focal point in your offense, similar to what we saw the Eagles do and ride all the way to the Super Bowl last year, he can be a big value add for your team. Highest ceiling for sure, to me, among the four we're talking about. Also lowest floor, because I think we have a feeling about the other three in some, in some regard. But I, I would say, like, do you put Richardson in the idea of Justin Fields, where the Bears, for whatever reason, signed Andy Dalton and they said QB1, and then they drafted... Justin Fields, but they still doubled down on that. Does does Richardson, based on fit, also need to go to an organization like a Kansas City? I'm using them as the example. When they had Alex Smith, they draft Patrick Mahomes, and they traded up for that opportunity. They uh, the, the Titans have Tannehill for another year. Does he need that, or is he ready to start week one? I think there's kind of two different camps on that. One is that you know, I, I think he has a, you brought Justin Fields. I think he has a high floor because of that reason. I push back on the low floor okay. comment just because he's well, going to run for like over a thousand I only say that because I don't know. Him. I don't know about the intangibles yeah. because he's so young. I'm more just saying he's going to go for a thousand yards. He's going to give you a top five rushing attack if you really utilize him like that. And we saw that with Justin Fields. He was probably, you know, statistically the worst passer in the NFL this season, but they were far from the worst offense. You know, like, Compare him and Zach Wilson went on yeah. the football field. He scored points at least. He kept now, it games. didn't look pretty when he had to throw, but he yeah, he scored points. So I do think from that perspective, you're at least never going to look awful. You know, it's never going to be, maybe as a passer, it looks awful, but you still can move the ball on the ground. So I think there is a path for him to success. Now, truthfully, I think the things that he needs to clean up are technical in nature. And when that's the case, I, I prefer the red shirt year for prospects. I know that he hasn't played a ton of ball. And he really, you know, that's a big thing about quarterback too, is seeing defenses needing to go through uh, and just get the experience to know what you're looking at when you're under center or behind center. But I do think when you have to like clean up your footwork, get more consistent with your ball placement, things like that, I prefer taking the pressure off a guy to not have to start year one, because then that's a ton on this plate. Then it's, I haven't played a ton of football. I'm trying to fix these things that have been kind of just how I played the quarterback position my entire life. And they're all new to me. And oh, by the way, everyone got faster, stronger, and uh, gave me more exotic looks. So uh, I think that's the best route for Anthony Richardson's success. I think that backflip will make him the number one overall pick. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Not just hitting the, the roof, but you know the back yeah. backflip really put it over the top. There's a lot of stuff out there about Will Levis. I know you're watching the film of him, but not off the field issues, but interview problems. He's a little bit odd. He's posting the photos of him all ripped up in front of his bathroom mirror and people are criticizing that. How do you gauge all of that, Mike, when looking at a prospect, especially we know this doesn't matter with most positions. This stuff does matter at quarterback. I agree. I do think that's a big aspect of the position um, is getting buy-in from the locker room as well. And like how he interacts with his teammates, uh, how he's going to be perceived. Um, and so if there are question marks about that, obviously, you know, I, I've interviewed him, talked to him. It's difficult to glean that sort of stuff from the outside looking in. Though You have to be in the room or get him up on a whiteboard to actually talk through this stuff to really see who he is uh, as a person. And so I'm not going to comment too much on that. I, I do, though, think there is something to I don't want to say, you know, you met you brought up the, the pictures there, like jacked quarterbacks who really focus all their time. On the weight room, there's just not a strong track record of those guys. You know, the ones who really are obsessed over their body and over their, uh, I don't want to say physical appearance, but like their muscular stature. I don't think being that rocked up really helps you. 
too much at the quarterback position. So uh, we shall see in time. I'm still pretty high on. There's still a lot to like about his tape, um, and I think he'll have. You know, I don't want to say an easy transition in the NFL, but like he was in a bad situation where if he goes to a good offensive line with a good receiving core, maybe falls a little bit in this draft. Like things could be easier for him next year. But I think he is. If I pick any quarterback to fall in this year's draft, which one usually does, you know, Justin Fields even fell out of the top ten. I think it'd be lettuce. But how far though, Mike? That you're bringing up a good point. But fall in this draft would mean like. 12? Yeah, what, I, it, what's what's the I, number pick where someone's going to be like, we have to draft Will Levis at quarterback because he's fallen this far? Where does he become Aaron Rodgers, basically? I think Tampa Bay at 19 okay. is the one position where I'd start to get intrigued um, because obviously they've run it back enough where they're probably not in place for the number one pick next year. You know, I thought maybe this would have been a slash and burn and then let's go get Caleb Williams or Drake yeah. May next year for Tampa Bay, but they really didn't do that. So uh, they're not going to be in a position to get one of those top guys. And so if a guy like Levis falls to you, uh, I think it'd be pretty tough to see him falling past Tampa Bay in my eyes. I would also, Mike Renner with us from Pro Football Focus. Uh, I, I would also say like the last two years at Kentucky, they have hired guys from NFL systems, specifically the Rams, which is the, the organization where head coaches come from. And I... I, I would have thought there's a lot more buzz. In fact, it matched up with what Kuiper was saying when no one else was. He's the number one guy. He's gonna, he should go number one overall. I haven't heard that recently. In fact, it's been the opposite. To me, that's a red flag considering the coaches that were in L.A. with McVay that went to Kentucky and are now back in L.A. Well, and then now back in Kentucky, right? Coming sure. Back, the, the right? Swap. That's right. Yeah, back and forth. <laughs> so he but, keeps he, but specifically, mind here, Liam, yeah. but, but I do think that's an intriguing team to me that if a fall does happen, okay. say, you know, we're nearing 19 Tampa Bay. Rams have a pick at the top of the second. Um, obviously, you know, you still have Matt Stafford, but you have a roster that is decimated. Now, I, I think this would be a great transitional uh, place for him if they want to make a move up uh, and, and kind of get a guy who's tools wise, you know, he's very similar to Matthew Stafford, uh, in kind of how he plays the game with that big arm pocket passers with a little bit of athleticism, but the athleticism is not really at their game. They operate inside the pocket. I think that would be a great person for him to learn from. Cause if you recall, Matt Stafford's rookie year was a travesty. He was not a guy ready to come into the NFL, obviously had to learn, uh, through the ringer there in Detroit and then became a Super Bowl champion. So I think that's a great landing spot for him. If I were to pick, you know, handpick one spot, that would probably be it. Where would Kenny Pickett be in our discussion if he were a part of this crop of quarterbacks in the first round? Is he, is he the third guy or is he the fifth guy? To, to me, he'd be the, what, what's happening to Hendon Hooker right now, which is the, the dark horse first rounder. Because, you know, there's only so many, there's only so many spots for quarterbacks. It's, a, it's not a position like offensive tackle where everyone – and their mother needs one, you know, like yeah. it's either I need one and I'm going to take one or I don't. And oftentimes by the draft, the spots fill up and all of a sudden there's only two or three teams that are even in a position to want to pull the trigger. So I think that's how it would have been this year. He would have been kind of that fifth guy where it's like, Hey, if someone wants one. So if you were in this year's class, there's probably a good chance he could have fallen out of the first round altogether. You know, it feels like there's three big wild cards at quarterback in this draft. We talked about two of them with Richardson and Levis. And Mike, you just mentioned the other one with with Hendon Hooker. I, I've seen everywhere from 
mid-second round to fifth overall for Hendon Hooker in terms of, of value. What do you see in him, and how do you also factor in the ACL tear and the fact that he, he won't be ready to play at least at the start of year one? Yeah, he's one of the weirder evals at the quarterback for you know, a bunch of reasons. One, you brought up the ACL tear, that you're drafting a guy who probably won't even play as a rookie. Two, you're drafting a guy who's 25 years old as a rookie. You know, we, we talked about some old quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, or 24, 23, uh, year one. Like, this is a unprecedentedly, this is Brandon Whedon-esque territory that we're entering here with Hendon Hooker, where it's like, is he already, you know, to his full capabilities right now? So that's really old for a rookie, coming off the ACL tear, and then he plays in a Tennessee offense that is nothing like what he's going to see in the NFL. And so it's easy to buy into him as a person you know, coach's son, the improvement year on year on year for him, has been just very upward trajectory. And that's what it takes. Like people are seeing the Jalen Hurts and kind of the personality type and how that can get better. And like, that's so a, such a requisite part of playing quarterback in the NFL and probably buying into it with hooker, but those knocks against them are just, just not worth a high investment to me. He's a mid to late day two prospect. If I were to be running an NFL team, Mike Renner with us from PFF is the idea that Jalen Carter is dropping based on what's happened over the last three months the biggest myth of this draft, or is it legit? I think it's going to be proven a myth on draft day. I think with his legal issues now cleared up, with you know another month altogether for it to kind of just hush-hush, go away, not necessarily be the big storyline whenever you draft him, fifth or sixth overall, or wherever he's going to come off the board, that... I think he's still going to go, like I said, fifth or sixth. Uh, he could even go to the Arizona Cardinals, truthfully, if they wanted to. But I, I specifically mentioned the Seahawks or the Lions because of who their coaches are. You know, they the Lions are a staff full of former NFL players who can tell, you know, pretty much get Jalen Carter's head screwed on straight and say, hey, this is how it's done or else you're going to be out of the league. And obviously, Dan Campbell is not a guy to mess around. So he'll fall in line there. And in Seattle, like they've had a history, strong history of you know, being rehab for players with off-field issues. And now I don't want to lump everyone's off-field issues into the same boat here. Obviously, someone died in Jalen Carter's uh, off-field issues sure. here. But I do think that in Seattle, like jo John Schneider and Pete Carroll have proven that they are a uh, sort of haven for growth for these prospects. And so I think they'd be more than willing to take a guy like Jalen Carter at number five overall because the talent's still incredible. For, for teams drafting five and below, five and higher, I should say, so five to 15, which position group is best served for them because the quarterbacks are going to go so high? The quarterbacks that will be overdrafted, which group that normally, if you had one quarterback that was the surefire QB, like last year, which crop of players at a position will be undervalued based on that? I think this year's cornerback class is probably going to get undervalued for not only that reason, but also because there's a ton of cornerback talent in this draft. It's one of the deepest positions uh, in this whole class. And so if you have a team, you know, looking at the top 10, there are the teams that are in need of corners, whether it's the lions, whether it's the Raiders, just having that decision where it's like, do I take a Christian Gonzalez right now, knowing that I could be there in the second round getting guys a darn good corner too. So I think those two factors will see some of these cornerbacks push down boards a little and maybe like offensive tackles pushed up where there's more scarcity, where there's probably only four or five that you want at all in this entire draft. All of a sudden, those guys, I think, are going to see a run 
from that range that you mentioned. Now, for a defensive superstar in college football, like Will Anderson was, he's had one of the more quiet buildups to the draft that I can remember. What do you think about Anderson? What do you think about his prospects of, of still going really high in this draft? That's a good thing for him, honestly. I, I don't think you want a ton of lead up into the draft if you're you know, not a quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to go to Arizona, truthfully, if they don't trade that pick. I think he is quite comfortably the best non-quarterback uh, in this draft class, you know, alongside Jalen Carter, but obviously he's a different animal with all that's gone on. You don't, if you can choose between the two, one headache, one not, you're going to go with a guy who's made no waves whatsoever. So I think from that perspective, it's helped him out a little bit in his draft stock. I, I just watch his tape and see the kind of athlete that I don't, I don't want to put him exactly in the Von Miller category, but like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, those high-end edge rushers, that just have the entire package, the explosiveness, the bend, the hand usage, the power that, you know, they almost look like wide receivers, but they're 250, 260 pounds. That's what Will Anderson is to me. He's just a super safe player that is going to play every single snap for you and going to give 100% on all of them. Mike, I'm really intrigued by the game that goes on now between the Colts and the, and the Ravens for potentially Lamar Jackson. There's a reason why the Ravens are specifically mentioning the Colts and why the Colts are interested in Lamar Jackson. The Ravens want the fourth overall pick because they can be in the quarterback game if they lose Lamar Jackson, which Jackson doesn't want to play for them. But also, the Colts would love to go through the draft and see who falls there and who doesn't trade up ahead of them. Maybe it's the Colts uh, with Arizona to get the quarterback that they want. I'm, which comes first there? And I'm sure it's Jackson based on the fact that the Ravens would want to know if they're getting the fourth overall pick and a first-round pick in return. Well, it's such a weird rule the way the uh, tag works in that they can wait till after the draft, make the contract offer, execute that trade, and then it's the 2024 first and the 2025 first, which aren't going to be top five picks because Lamar Jackson is going to be your quarterback. So it's, but, it's a weird But at least you know here. if you do it before the draft, you can say, hey, agree to not match this offer and you get our pick this year. And if you don't, we'll just do it again, and you can match it or whatever. That would be my argument against Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, that obviously puts the Colts in kind of a tough spot. They may have to, like, poison pill that contract a little to yeah. get it going. Yeah. But I do think with Lamar Jackson's, you know, sort of w expressing his disinterest in ever returning back to Baltimore to be their quarterback, I, I think the Ravens' hands are a little tied here, too. What are they going to do? Bring... Uh, match a contract offer for a quarterback who's going to sit out next year if he, if he uh, signs that. I, I do think that ultimately it will be a post-draft. The Colts are going to wait and see, see if they get that quarterback, see if they get their guy. And then if they don't, make the play to go get Lamar Jackson. Mike Renner with us. Final thing for you. Most unpredictable team in this draft. Who comes to mind first? That's a great question. Unpredictable. I think to me it's the Philadelphia Eagles because two first rounders, no real needs on this roster. Uh, you know, they just went to the Super Bowl. They were called the best roster in the NFL by pretty much everyone. Uh, so where do you draft when you have no needs, but have a lot of premium picks? I, I think that's a difficult nut to crack the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think they could be uh, an interesting team uh, to monitor and just where they draft because Again, they're really kind of playing with house money with all their draft capital this year. Uh, we're, we're here in Nashville, but I, I truly believe this. I think it's the Titans at 11. 
They've got Tannehill. They have, I mean, they've got a year left on that money. They can save money by trading him, more money after June 1st, but they also have the luxury of moving around with a GM that we haven't seen draft yet. I, I'm really intrigued by what they do based on what they need, which is practically any position, but specifically long-term, it's QB. And I think it's interesting because the Titans, to add to that, being that Mike Vrabel is not going to want to rebuild. Right. You know, he's not going to want to sure. tank so to speak. So he's going to do all he can to win games now. So are they, is he going to win out? Cause if that's win games now, they're not drafting a quarterback, you know, they're going to draft like an offensive lineman or a defensive end. So I do think they'd be interesting to see how they kind of monitor how they go about this transitional phase where they're not a good roster, but have a lot of question marks about how they'll be uh, you know, going forward. And I, I think they're a candidate to trade back, gain a pick or so they could be the team that drafts Hendon hooker in the first round late. You move back, four quarterbacks Ooh. go ahead. You trade that pick for a quarterback that falls, and you get the guy who really needs a year to sit back and wait while Tannehill starts. They're, they're in a good spot the because they're willing to pay Tannehill, but they also have options. If they find their guy early and they want to move up, they can dump Tannehill and actually save money on the cap. Malik Hooker, or excuse me, Willis. Malik Willis. Malik Hooker is actually a person. Malik Willis versus Hendon Hooker. That quarterback training camp battle is going to be electric content for you guys. That, that, that's going to be. I already know fantastic. who wins that one. Trust me. Seeing that up close and personal. It's uh, Hidden Hooker. He doesn't even take a snap Chad, <laughs> to, to say that. He, he, could, he could be on the torn ACL the whole time and still win that job. Possibly. Great stuff as always. Tell us about the, the PFF uh, tailgate podcast behind you. Oh, that's the one, defunct tailgate podcast. Unfortunately, defunct. I don't do a podcast anymore. It would say we did it for two years. And then my buddy, Austin Gale left. He went to the ringer. So, uh, no longer on a podcast, but a PFF draft guide, the final version comes out Monday. If you guys want to go check it out on PFF.com. Oh, for sure. We'll check right. it out. We need to, we need to get a new backdrop. That backdrop looks yeah. great. We just got to, you know, just, like scribble out the words of, of your buddy on the podcast and get it out. Or come there. to Nashville and tailgate with us. We'll, we'll revamp e- Either it. way. Yeah. We'll do our own tailgate. I, I both sound good to me. Awesome. Thank you as always, man. Great work. We, we love what you do at the site. Thanks, Mike. For sure, fellas. Thank you. Mike Renner there. Uh, great analysis there, pro football focus. Of course, during the season, offseason, all Mike there. He's the lead draft analyst for pro football focus. Chad, coming up, um, we discuss the possibility of someone actually wanting to donate six figures to the richest man on earth and then finding out that you actually didn't donate that money to the richest man on earth. That's next on Hot Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hot Mike with Hot and with Row Rolls on 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. We're having a discussion about what liquor we want to like move on to, to yeah. graduate to. That's why I said I like gin. 
That was my that was my draft choice and, for like adult and our conversation level mature liquor drinking. I want to be a gin guy. This will be great for a a segment with Haley Karenia, uh, who you can check out on on social for Outkick. Chad, we we should discuss the desserts that have grown on us because we had multiple desserts last night at yeah. an event we hosted. Um, this German is really chocolate, odd. German chocolate. Very good. I would say the chess pie has really grown well, on me Well, Davey years. said, this shocks me. I am not a coconut guy at all. So German chocolate has coconut on top of it. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Love this German German chocolate cake, though. But Davey said, you know, in the last few years, coconut has really grown on me. And that's where Hutton asked the question, Chad, what was the liquor you wanted to start <laughs> drinking? Was it scotch? I was like, I know it's gin. Gin's the liquor. I'm a man of habit. It's, you know, you, you go with the vodka soda or you go with the old fashioned, right? I don't. It, At one sweets, point, Chad was like, you know what? I, I'm I, I think I'm going to be a rum by, guy. Yeah, no, never. Or scotch. I've never said rum. Scotch. I'd like to be a scotch guy. I just, bourbon's better. I just can't get past the fact that bourbon is far better than scotch. But I'd, I'd like to graduate to being a scotch guy. Normally, though, like you're a sweets person from birth, you don't graduate to sweets. So I was just really thrown off. When Davey Hudson said, I've really taken to coconut in my sweets the last few years. I'm thinking that doesn't feel like an elevated taste age thing that you grow into. But it's worked out for him. It, it, it has. Um, it did not work out for a principal. It has not. That uh, thought they were corresponding with Elon Musk, who is worth like $196 billion. And on email, quote unquote, was trying to say donate a hundred thousand dollars we will invest in your school they've donated a hundred thousand dollars and the principal has since resigned from the school's money yes because they were going to reinvest that into the school and then the response was like oh great you're interested would you like to do that cash money order bitcoin like they, they went through all this and they end up getting it like I get these emails in the junk email and the way they misspell things or the way the email address looks you're like like who would fall for this? There's always that one person. There's always that one person. And it's usually and it's someone Jan, the principal I, here. I don't want to typecast here. Go ahead. But I'm looking at Jan right now, and Jan looks like that person. They're typically over 55. They prey on the elder, the elderly. <laughs> it's someone that's not as accustomed to life on the internet. And it's it's Jan. I mean, that's it, just looking at Jan. It's Jan that they get that Jan gets got more by, often than not by in these fake situations. Elon Musk. That's Jan. Jan with a thumbs up is saying thumbs up. Yes, I will give you a hundred thousand dollars to Elon Musk because that's what I do. This is a Jan move nine times out of ten. I love taking these cybersecurity classes for corporations. And then they immediately send you an email asking you to download something. You're like, is this a test? Or yes. do I really have to do this? And then you have to do it because it's a requirement. They do that. And also they talk about what you're saying. If words, if common words are misspelled. <laughs> this is like all the, you know, if it's from, um, a, you know, a, a princess from Nairobi, Kenya, then do not answer the email. But all the little <laughs> tells, if you're being asked to donate to a billionaire, don't open that one. Common words being misspelled. Don't all open the, an email from Kenya, but here's an email all from the stuff Kindle. That we know. Here's an email from Kindle right. at Yahoo, and you're like, oh, click on this, and then you get fired for it. You know, I've, I'm looking right now at our show's uh, Twitter account, Go and on. I just the last message is from someone called L Coives four three UCN. How much DM. money are they asking for? 
Uh, it's a link, but oh. they say, yo, it's really like a chat on WhatsApp to kill time. Sounds a good idea for me. I know you barely know me. It doesn't matter. It won't make me difference in how much I want to know about you. Can I have your WhatsApp ID or text me through the short link here? Jan might click on that. We won't, but Jan might. So, so this is a lesson for everyone. I would click on any link from Joe Kinsey involving anything to do with mowing, uh, the internet, the Thursday night mowing league, the internet, or Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, via Joe Kenzie right now at Outkick.com, he's holding a youth basketball camp. I think that the what would be the average cost for a youth basketball camp right now? I, I know it because I've paid it before. Depends on if you're staying there or not, but I'd say for one that's like a day camp. You no, go full to week. Full week. Full week to stay. Well, full week being like three to four days. Seven, five hundred, seven hundred. Yeah, I would say yeah, around three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, Stephen A. Smith holding a youth basketball camp for three thousand dollars. That's the that's the price tag. And it, Kenzie leads off by saying, "Do you have Clay Travis money?" Uh, yes. That that's the perfect lead Many because don't. that's what it would cost to send your kids to Stephen A. Smith's basketball camp, where the pitch is you get a once in a lifetime camp at IMG Academy. That's the other pitch here. Uh, I guess if you're going there, you're on scholarship, right? So you're, they get a chance to recruit. But at the same time, you get a great uh, opportunity to join participants that have a similar skill set. And you get a Q&A with the ESPN legend while also wearing Screaming A branded gear. And you get an, exp- an inspiring message from Stephen A as well. Three grand. It sounds like a ruse to get the dad to get in a room with Stephen A. Smith. Just really, this is like fantasy camp for the guy who loves Stephen A. Smith or that get, has a son. Or get your kid or a daughter. in front of IMG Academy. Yeah, but I mean, IMG Academy, let's face it. They're not recruiting a single player whose parents are paying $3,000 for them to go to a Stephen A. Smith camp. I, I would say a lot of those they're guys. They're getting recruited to go to other camps. If, they're, if IMG Academy fair. wants you, they know about you. It's not because your parents paid three grand for you to go to Stephen A. Smith's camp. I would also say they also play football very well, and a lot of those guys probably play football. You, I, we've seen IMG. They don't lose. I wish you well, Stephen. They don't G- lose. Good luck with your venture. Three grand. Coming up, Armando Salguero will join us. We'll hit the big headlines across the NFL. That's next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Outkick Network.